Hello everyone, my name is David Smith and I am the host of the Armchair Commentary. This week we start our series called Iconic, where we review some of the most iconic teams and players of the past. We're going to have some conversations about football, going to have conversations about soccer, basketball, but this week I had the pleasure of having a conversation about the 1980s Edmonton Oilers. That's right, we're talking Gretzky, we're talking Messier. I don't want to spoil too much for you, but these guys were pretty good. Don't know if you've heard about it. Definitely amazing. I can't wait to get started on this. If anybody has any suggestions, just uh, as a note before we get started on some iconic teams they want covered in the series to come, drop us a line on our Instagram or our Facebook page. Send us a tweet on Twitter. Let's get started. In the world of the NHL, few teams struck as much fear into their opponents as the early 80s Oilers. From 1983 until 1990, the Edmonton Oilers were the class of the NHL. There were a lot of amazing teams that came and played during this era, but few had as many stars and as many accolades or as many Stanley Cups as the Edmonton Oilers. I want to focus in on a particular team uh, during this period, and that is the 1984-85 Edmonton Oilers. The team itself uh, consists of a ton of Hall of Famers, um, guys that are beyond household names. If you've watched any hockey at all uh, at this point, you probably would know many of these names. Uh, Grant Fuhrer. Uh, playing goaltender. We had Kevin Lowe, Steve Smith, Paul Coffey, uh, all on uh, defense. Uh, we had Glenn Anderson, uh, Dave Hunter, Yari Curry. Uh, I mean, Mike Krushelensky, who's an interesting piece not an all-star by any stretch, but was part of that Gretzky trade, so just an interesting note. Glenn Sather was coaching. He was also the GM. And, of course, we had Gretzky um, and Mark Messier. Now, that team right there is basically a who's who in the Hall of Fame. When you talk about scoring leaders, um, Gretzky, Curry, and Coffey were all in the top ten. Uh, in terms of total points. Wayne Gretzky put up 208 points that year, which I think um, is probably a big reason why this team is considered iconic. Yari Curry put up 135, and that's not to take anything away from uh, any of the guys today and how great they play. And, you know, there are guys like uh, Ovechkin and there are some other, uh, you know, Matthews and Nylander and... Crosby and McKinnon, and there are countless stars in the NHL right now who can score goals. Um, but no one seems to be able to come, like to put up the points even anywhere near what Gretzky was able to. And I understand that there's a different era that goalies were different. Uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, post-dead pucks, smaller pads. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a crazy time, but 208 points. Gretzky had 73 goals and 135 assists. It's never going to be matched again. 
Um, and that's one of the many reasons that I consider this team iconic. Uh, not sure if uh, this should be the only reason, and I certainly don't think so. With Yari Curry playing on his side, put up 71 goals and 64 assists. The fact that two guys put up 70 goals on one team is insane. It's insane. Three people put up over 100 points. Paul Coffey, as a defenseman, put up 121 points, 37 goals and 84 assists. And it wasn't just there that the team was so incredible. Andy Moog and Grant Fuhrer backstopped the team uh, to 48, 49 wins. 48 wins. Mike Zanier, uh, Zanier had, uh, had one win. So 49-win team which isn't their best season ever, but it is certainly um, what I would consider one of their most iconic seasons and definitely uh, hard to miss. You had Marc Messier in that locker room, who's considered one of the greatest leaders of all time, but he didn't have to do that the way that he did in his later years when he was in New York. Uh, Gretzky was there. Yari Curry was there. Glenn Anderson was there. Um, in fact, in the playoffs that same year, another reason that this team should be and always will be considered iconic, uh, Gretzky had 47 points in the playoffs. 17 goals, 30 assists. Paul Coffey with 12 goals, 25 assists for 37 points. Yari Curry had 31. Glenn Anderson had 26 Marc Messier had 12 goals, 13 assists for 25 points. He wasn't even the best player on the Oilers at that time. And he was still making massive contributions. And uh, Grant Fuhr uh, backstopped uh, 15 of their wins uh, to, to capture their, I believe it was their uh, fourth Stanley Cup. No, their uh, fourth straight uh, Smythe Division title. So that was back when they had uh, different divisions going on uh, in the NHL. It's not like you see it kind of sort of like it is today, except there were different uh, divisions. So a little bit different. Uh, they did repeat as Stanley Cup champions, and uh, it was only their sixth season in the NHL. They had just come from the WHA, uh, put themselves in there, and... Uh, to be honest, uh, they almost didn't have Gretzky. Now, I don't know if this team would have been considered an icon without him. Gretzky gets put in the amateur draft. Who knows what happens? The NHL, as we know, it could be completely different. So Gretzky gets put on because uh, there was a, a weird thing in the contract where he was actually listed as um, the owner's, like he had a personal service contract to the owner. And uh, he enforced it. He, he told the NHL that he had to enforce it, so he had to stay with the Oilers. So he was actually able to be protected uh, in the in the nineteen eighty eighty three, I think, expansion eighty three. I want to say when they uh, had the reclamation draft. Uh, and this is again, this is their sixth season in. So this is crazy. the The team went twenty six wins, seven losses, seven ties at home. Uh, 23 wins, 13 losses, 4 ties away. They had 401 total goals for. They gave up 298 goals. Uh, just to put that in perspective, that's 1st for goals for and 8th for goals against. 
Um, in terms of history, this team is probably unparalleled. There were no alternate captains in those times, so it was only Wayne as the uh, as the main deal. Uh, they actually had their minor league affiliate uh, where I lived, the Nova Scotia Oilers at that time, uh, were their minor league affiliate. And their average attendance was 17,400-something uh, a game. Uh, all of this is to say that the Oilers from the 1984-85 season are easily, uh, should easily be considered an icon. <clears throat> Just to correct myself from earlier, the reclamation draft was 78-79, which makes sense because he said it, uh, six years uh, in the NHL uh, for the Oilers. So from 83 to 90, these guys were basically unt- untouchable. Uh, I think they lost a, uh, a Stanley Cup to... Oh, I want to say um, Philadelphia. And they may have actually beaten Philadelphia. Uh, these are the early years of Ron Hextall, uh, for those who need reminding. Um, once the Oilers finished the 87, um, 88 season, uh, that's when things started going kind of south for them. Paul Coffey sat out a bunch of games. Uh, before getting traded to Pittsburgh. Uh, Andy Moog didn't want to be a um, a backup anymore, so Andy Moog said, get me out of here. They traded him to, uh, to I want to say Boston. Uh, he played for the Olympic team, I believe, and then went to Boston. And uh, Grant Fuhr at that point started 75 games for the Oilers. They lost their, uh, you know, a bulk of their starts from Moog, so they ended up playing Fuhr 75 starts. 82 games in a season. Fuhr started 75. Um, just fan, that's ridiculous. It's, it's very unheard of here. Um, and uh, at the end of the season is when uh, they made the devastating trade for, as I mentioned, Mike Krzyzlinski, uh Marty McSorley, and Wayne Gretzky. All went to uh, L.A. Uh, in exchange for $15 million, Jimmy Carson, and a first-round draft choice, Martin Jelena. And uh, I think that it's still a sour point for Oiler fans today because, let's be honest, uh, it, it hasn't been great for them since. Um, but... Uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable to have a team that was so dynastic back in those days, uh, especially given the other teams that were around. We're talking about a time when uh, the Montreal Canadiens were still very relevant and very much uh, in the thick of things. Um, the Leafs weren't all that great at that point, um, but the Islanders were uh, an excellent team. Uh, the Flyers were up and coming at that point. Uh, Ron Hextall, as I mentioned, were just coming. It was just starting his season. So there are so many people at that point who um, who were just kind of coming into their prime, so many Hall of Famers that were starting out at that point. And it, it just it kept going from there. And the Oilers still manage to be the best team or one of the best teams in that time frame. Um, why are they never going to be matched again? Uh, well, there's a few reasons for this. Uh, one, there is a salary cap. 
live in a salary cap world uh, and you can ask the Chicago Blackhawks what that that's like. They had two very talented, very young stars that they signed to very long-term deals. They locked up their defense. They had a couple of young rookies that they liked and all of a sudden you win a couple of cups and people start asking for raises. People are looking to get paid for success. Uh, and in the NHL, I mean, the money isn't nearly as big as the NFL, but there are people that once you win, uh, you want to get paid for what, what you're doing. And when you don't have the money to do that, unfortunately, you have to start moving guys. And uh, the Jet, uh, the uh, Blackhawks have been lucky to keep their two main stars, but uh, they had to move on from guys like Dustin Bufflin. They had to move on from... I mean, the less less important guys like Andrew Shaw, but there are veterans that were on that team that just had to had to move on, and there were some young stars that they had to move as well, and they didn't really want to. Um, so the salary cap is going to have a huge impact uh, going forward with who um, is going to be the guy. Uh, you're never going to have a team like that eighty four eighty five Oilers because let's be honest, the the teams that are around at this point just won't be able to afford uh, to put the kind of stars you'd need uh, in place. I mean, Pittsburgh had uh, Crosby and Malkin and Kessel. And you say what you want about Phil Kessel. He's a goal scorer. So I know there are people going to be out there that will say, Kessel's not a star. I'm going to tell you right now, Kessel's a goal scorer and can get the job done. And as a third, he is, uh, he is perfectly fine as a Chris Bosch. All right? I'm just going to lay that out there. Phil Kessel is easily uh, fits into the role of a Chris Bosch. He is definitely not the guy you want leading your team. But if he gets to score goals, he doesn't have to do a bunch of uh, extra stuff. He's not your prime go-to for media availability. Then you're probably fine. Make sure the guy's got some hot dogs. Um, those teams with... Malkin and Crosby and Kessel were, it was good. They were great, but they still didn't win like um, the 84, 85 Oilers did. And that brings me to the next reason why this team is so iconic is the parody in the NHL today is unbelievable. Uh, you don't need to look any further than last year's Montreal Canadiens, who were supposed to be a tire fire and just barely missed the playoffs. Now, I know you're saying... They missed the playoffs, yes. But the fact that they won as many games as they did and they were as competitive as they were is a, a testament to how much parity exists in the NHL today. If you are a team in the top of the league, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs right now, there is no way that you're looking past any team in the bottom of the league. And you're not looking past any team in the top either. Uh, Tampa Bay was swept in the first round. Uh, they were, you know, unstoppable regular season. And as soon as they got to the playoffs, they couldn't buy a win. It's un unreal. I can't believe it even happened. But that's the truth. It is what it is. Uh, so parity is a, a very big reason why. You always had big money teams coming in to buy after these 85, 80, uh 84, 85 Oilers. Uh, one of the things in my youth that always bothered me was how the New York Rangers could get whoever they wanted because they would spend the money. And, you know, 
smaller market teams didn't do that. Well, that kind of evened out in the salary cap world. You get guys from all sorts of different organizations now. Uh, Stars are basically on every team at this point. Or at least a version of a star. Uh, You know, there's a lot of rookies out there who are working their way up. Um, And then you have some bona fide guys like your Austin Matthews and your uh, Sam. You've got Stamkos and Crosby and Malkin still. And you've still got, um, you know, some, some of your older guys who are still kicking around and unbelievably still playing very well at a very high level. So parity is a, is a huge reason why this <clears throat> will never be replicated. Um, and lastly, uh, the amount of scoring that went on just doesn't happen anymore. If you look at um, the top scorers uh, in the last, I don't know, four or five years, uh, I think you'll notice a big difference. Uh, even if you look at the last, <coughs> excuse my cough, um, the last 10 years in terms of leading scores, it's just, uh, it's not even close. Uh, Ovechkin can put in 60 goals, but he's only going to have uh, 45-something assists, you know. Crosby can score... Um, a ton, but if he's not, if he's not doing, um, you know, 150 assists, well, you're just not going to see it. You're, you're not going to have that many, uh, guys getting close to that. So just to give an example of this, I'm going to give you some names from, let's call it the last, uh, 10 years, maybe even less. Let's do from 2012 until 2019. So in 2012, Steven Stamkos scored 60 goals in 82 games. 60. Gretzky had 73. Uh, and then no one has come close to it since. Not, not even, like, 53 from Ovechkin. Ovechkin had 51, 53. Um, in the 2012-13 uh, shortened season, 48 games, he had 32. So, I mean, that doesn't count. We'll take that one away. In 2016-2017, Sidney Crosby had 44. In 17-18, Ovi had 49. And then Ovi again last year had 51 in 81 games played. I mean, we're not talking about a ton of um, a, a huge amount of goals here compared to what these guys were scoring then. I mean, Gretzky had 208 points. 208! I mean, it, it's insane. Look, Ovechkin is probably one of the more prolific scorers um, in NHL history, and he's not going to come anywhere near it. I mean, his... Best season for points was 2007. 07-08, he scored 112 points that year. His best season, he's only had over 100 points uh, four times. Four times he's had over 100 points. And I mean, we're not talking about, you know, 
some B-plus player here. We're talking about probably the best scorer in the league today. So that is the final reason why um, this team will never be matched. Uh, the goals just don't happen. The points don't happen. You don't see uh, teams scoring at a rate that you did then. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, I think that people are definitely, I mean, the saying that people like the long ball um, is, is true. And I think people love goals. Uh, and the NHL has been trying to fix that problem for a long time. But I think at this point we reached a nice balance between goals and assists. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about the Edmonton Oilers. I appreciate you guys taking some time to listen to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, iconic, uh, whether you're a fan of the Oilers or not, these guys are iconic. And it's, it's an impressive uh, what they managed to accomplish, all those Hall of Famers, all of the wins, all of the cups, all of the awards. So uh, thanks for listening. That does it for this week's episode of the Armchair Commentary and our first episode of Iconics. Uh, if there is an iconic team or player that you would like to see featured or you'd like to talk about on an upcoming episode, reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. On Twitter, we're the Armchair Common 2 uh, and the Armchair Commentary on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for the logo, you'll find us. Uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and like. Make sure when you're listening to the episodes, share it with your friends. I appreciate anyone that takes any interest in listening to what I have to say. Uh, I really do appreciate anyone uh, that listens because, to be honest, it's uh, tough putting content out there. And when someone takes the time out of their day to listen to it, it gives me a little bit of satisfaction. Uh, in the coming weeks, we'll be talking about um, some iconic NBA teams, uh, some iconic NFL teams, probably even get into some iconic EPL teams. Um, so I really look forward to the series, and I hope you guys are too. If uh, you have a chance and you're looking for some soccer content, check out my man Anthony Abbott and Down the Pub podcast. Uh, definitely worth a listen. It's been a fun week in sports, uh, even in the past. Let's do it again next week.